We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good evening to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario. I am subbing in for Sean Styers, who is on a well-needed, well-deserved vacation to parts unknown. I don't even know where he is. I haven't talked to him. So he's on vacation, uh, having a good time with his family. So hopefully he continues with that. And uh, we will do our best in his stead on the IB Nation Sports Talk. i got to get that to roll off the tongue, Brian. I'm getting there slowly. But this is Tuesday. July 26th and uh, you know Brian kind of hinted at it during the earlier podcast we got some fun stuff to talk about today our overall topic we are going to talk about the biggest question marks going into the season or going into fall camp we each had like 10 so it's like we're going to narrow it down and we're going to talk about some specific ones obviously we're going to go back and forth kind of talk about them discuss them and then we've got some fun rapid fire questions for the end as well, and as I mentioned before, Brian Driscoll is making his co-host debut on the IB Nation Sports Talk, and uh, he's helped bailing me out, so I have somebody to talk to on the show on Tuesday, since I'm usually in his chair right now on Tuesday, and Sean is <laughs> in my chair. Everybody's just taking a spot to the left uh, today, and so we're going to have some fun, Brian, and uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the you know IB After Dark. Thanks for having me on. Well, yeah. it, we're, it, it's still well, pretty sunny here in you're right. South Bend, but <laughs> by the time we get to November, it'll be dark at six. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so, you're not no, thanks me. for having me on. Absolutely. I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this one because, you know, we can dive in. Yesterday, we talked some hoops, some Notre Dame mm-hmm. hoops, which was a lot of fun with Tom Noy. But today we get to go right back at it. We're going to talk some football because camp is right around the corner. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of sneaking up on me a little bit. Like I'm Worried about high school sports and other things that are going on. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, fall camp starts on August 5th, which is two Fridays from now. It's like a week and a half. And all of a sudden, it's going to be, oh, okay. We got fall camp to talk about. And I'm freaking fired up about it because mm-hmm. we got a lot of access this year. Or at least mm-hmm. more opportunities to see this team in action, even though it's the only the first five. But we get, we get way more of those than we ever have in the past. So we're going to see hopefully a lot of stuff this year and I have a lot of stuff to talk about. 
Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see the increased access. Of course, I'm hoping that I'll be able to be one of those. They haven't put out their rules and regulations for who can attend yet. Absolutely. And the requirements of the health and safety requirements for who can attend yet. But uh, uh, I, I'm hoping that it's it's going to work out. But uh, <laughs> I got everything possible that I can yeah. have crossed, crossed yeah. because it's just it is so much better when you and I are there together playing yeah. off of each other and, and using both of our eyes. And we've only had one practice. We've been able to, as, as, as I was, we had that yes. one spring practice when, I, when, when you first got hired and then after that, it was like no more spring ball. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. That's so, true. I, it's so much pressure for just me to be yeah. there. And you're like, look at this, look at this. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm like, after Brent Vince will call me like, okay, did you see this? Did you think about this? He's like, no, it's just me. I'm sorry. You know? So uh, it, hopefully it'll be that way. But uh, yeah. yeah, they're giving us a lot of access. And, and look, we only get two full practices, but we get what is it like eight other yeah, it's like partials. And from what you guys were telling me, and what other folks told me from the bowl practices, it sounds like the first five periods under Marcus Freeman are a lot of action. I mean, yes. they're going to get to see a you know competition right away and things like right. that. So. I'm excited you know, I'm, I'm, about that. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that and seeing kind of how much we can get in. And, and yeah, um, you and know, I mean, all... you see how guys evolve, you know, yes. who's looking more comfortable and, you know, who maybe looks, what young guys are starting mm-hmm. to kind of work into certain groups, who's winning one on one battles. Yeah. We usually get a lot of one on one stuff during the early portion of the, the five period. So I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah. I really, and I want to see the energy of this team. That's Absolutely. Thing, I want and to that, see what this team looks like from that standpoint. And, and I feel like a Marcus Freeman led practice, you're going to see energy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a given going in, but we need to see it. And I'm also interested to see, because we did get a couple five period looks during the, uh, the bowl prep. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how that's going to be, if at all different, you know, now that he's got a few right. practices under his belt and, you know, does the beginning of practice look different? Because, we knew what we were getting under Brian Kelly those first five periods. Like there was no, like we were going to get the the offense on air, which was nice because we were able to tell what the depth chart was. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was nice. You know, we were able to tell who the first team, second team, third team were and write those out and give those out to everybody. It was completely different under Marcus Freeman. They, they did like a competition up front, like a red zone action. And then the losing side of the ball had to run. And like, so all kinds of different stuff going on. So, it's better from a competition standpoint. It's better from an energy standpoint at the top of the practice, but it's also, well, we didn't get a chance to necessarily see what the, you know, the levels were going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, as far as the depth chart is concerned. So yeah, I'm interested to see if that's changed at all, you know, what it's going to look like. Cause the first practice of fall camp, we get to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're right out the gate. We get the whole thing on day one. So uh, it, it should and then be we get another full practice, like right in the middle. Yes. Right. Which is, you know, like, well, like it, I was what I was concerned about is they were going to give us two full practices and it'd be like practice one, like practice six. And then they, we don't see him again for the next, you know, the next month. You know, we don't get a chance to see him. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm I, very much looking forward yes. to seeing with this group. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. The Black Velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French Roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face, and she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by Trade after she filled out a short quiz. You gotta give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. Absolutely. So... The topic of the show today is questions going into fall camp. And so you came up with a list. I came up with a list. We'll kind of we'll kind of volley it back and forward, talk about each each other's questions, see if we both would have had that on the list or not, you know, kind of how things are going. Before we jump in, though, I do want to address the barbecue, the mm-hmm. the, the all fame barbecue still going on right now. So there's really nothing to report as far as how people felt and what went on and all of those different things, it's literally going on right now. So we will have info if there's info to have tomorrow. It's it's been a full recruiting day. Yes. Uh, You know, they've been doing things, but the barbecue aspect of it just started, I think like around like four or five. Yeah. So there you go. So it was later in the day. So not, not a ton. And look, we're going to have the updates. We always have kids love being at Notre Dame. Right. Right. uh, It'll take some time. You know, no one's committed right now. You know, it's a beautiful, yeah, you're right. Beautiful day, man. Like it doesn't, it's warm, but it's not like hot. Yeah, man. We're, look, we're in July. And for those people that aren't in the South Bend area, it's like 80 degrees outside. It's sunny. There's a breeze like that for the middle of July. 
it doesn't get much better than this. So great weather for the guys that are coming into town that aren't used to Indiana weather, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they got that going for. That's the one thing you can't plan for, right? Is the weather, and mm-hmm. so you can check that box. So that's fantastic. So they they got that going for them. Yeah, they do. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we're absolutely. trying to get as many updates for you as we can, but uh, there, there won't be any any updates coming during the show because um, what's going on? <laughs> Still doing it. I'm actually kind of jealous. I would love some barbecue right about yeah. now, but hey. So well, if you'd let me know that, you know, got the grill out back, you know, I got that new and, meal that I'm, that, hey, you know, getting sent and I'm writing this down, so, uh, show while having a barbecue. Got it. All right. Yeah. We're going to do that sometime. I didn't say during the show. You didn't say you wanted <laughs> some this second, you know? but I did make ribs the other day for the first time. Ooh. So I'm going to do a brisket next. So oh, I got to fix my grill though. Like I'm there's good. something wrong to where like, I can't control the temperature. It just gets like Ooh. really hot when I close the thing. So like, I can't do like ribs and brisket on the grill yet. Yeah. 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 Cause you got to simmer that stuff. Yeah. Be yeah. One. So I, I, I mean, I turned it all the way down and it still gets up to like 500 degrees. So I'm trying to research why that. Yeah, that's, that's not good. It doesn't affect with steaks because I cook those on an open thing anyway. Right. Exactly. And I cook those relatively quickly, but yeah, it's uh, it's get, get, I got to get that figured out. Absolutely. So let's Talking jump football. in. Yeah, man, yeah. you're like you're the guest. You are the <laughs> yeah. guest. I know that feels weird, but you're the yeah. guest here. So I'm going to let you lead off mm-hmm. with your number one question going into fall camp. Brian Driscoll, go. Well, it's a big picture one. It's you know beyond what you'd mentioned earlier, kind of like you know what is a Marcus Freeman camp going to look like? That's more inquisitive as opposed to learning something or a question that's going to define more def- you know directly what this team is going to look like. For me, it's health. Yeah. Right. And the biggest question for camp is like, I don't know if Avery Davis is going to be healthy for camp. I don't know where Logan Diggs is at health wise. I don't know about Joe Wilkins. There's a lot of guys we don't know about. And they've already had some big injuries. Mitchell Evans is out. Right. Jadarian Price is out. You know, there's there's guys that that you look and say, man, I really would have liked to have had that guy. And now they're not there. Right. Uh, and then so that's a question mark. And then it's OK. What about some guys coming back from injuries? What about new injuries? You got to hope so. So, I mean, the biggest thing for me, the biggest question or concern or whatever is just going to be health, because yeah. this is a pretty deep team at most positions, but not every position. And there are some positions where an injury is going to hurt you depth wise. And then there's a couple players where the roster still top to bottom is just not where you need it to be where you can sustain a loss to an Isaiah Foskey or, sure, sure. Uh, you know, Michael Mayer or Tyler Buckner or Cam Hart or Brandon Joseph. There's some positions where it's like, boy, hmm. you know, if this particular guy goes down, this could be a, this could be a problem. Uh, you know? And, and so, cause like say, well, Justin Adamiola could handle Isaiah Foskey's position. Yeah, he could, but wouldn't you have a much better shot at competing for a title if they were both healthy yeah, and right. playing? Right. Uh, because then if Justin has to fill Foskey's role, then who fills his role? So there's just a lot of, a lot of questions in that regard. This team just has to stay health as healthy as you can. Hopefully all the injuries that they've already sustained is the majority of what we're going to deal with. So. Yeah. And, and I think that that is a really good one because you mentioned it. There's guys that have already been injured. And so like, what's their status? Where, where are they? Are they going to be able to come back during fall camp? Are they going to be ready to go at the beginning of fall camp? you know, et cetera, but then new injuries. So that's the last thing that you right. want in fall camp is injuries. And look, fall someone's going to get hurt. That's just, it, nature it's just of football. It's the nature of football. And let's hope it's not severe. Right. And they're, look, they're not full padded up all the time, taken to the ground all the time, but things happen. I mean, things happened this summer when they weren't hitting each other. I mean, it, it's, it's athletics 
somebody's going to get hurt. You just hope that that injury does not impact the depth chart in a major way. So like you said, a Michael Mayer, an Isaiah Foskey, like those top level guys, that would be, I don't want to use the word devastating, but it's pretty darn close to devastating if one of those guys goes down. You know what I mean? So that you don't want that. But then the depth piece, and people have said it a million times, you got wide receiver, you got running back. You've got spots where the depth isn't right. fantastic going into the season. Because you've already hit it. Like you're already down two running right. backs. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not. Your depth has already been stretched. And, and you're not hurt depth-wise at wide receiver because of injury. You're you're hurt just because of people. And, well, it's both. I mean, you're well, already low that, on numbers true. and two guys are already hurt. Right, that, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's already some injuries where like tight end. Okay, right now they're fine. Mitchell Evans is out. That stinks. You'd be better with Mitchell Evans right. as part of that rotation, but he's out. You're still okay. What you can't deal with is another one, right? You know, and I think right. that's the thing. And it, at least, absolutely, look, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to be out for parts yeah. of fall camp. You just hope it's something like a sprained ankle or a, a bruise or a sprain, you know, something like that, where it's maybe they're out a week and then they come back. You just hope that you. What we're talking about is that when we injure, you're not, you can't avoid injuries in fall camp. It's going to happen. And if you do things to avoid injuries in fall camp, then what's going to happen is is you're going to get a lot of them during the season because your team's not physically prepared right. for the rigors of playing college football. Right. What you hope is that they're just the typical camp injuries. Like I said, sprained right. ankle, you know, bruised thigh, cause you know stuff like that where a guy misses four or five practices and he's coming back. You you hope it's that kind of stuff. So they're hurt, not to- injured. That's the big right. difference, right? Are right. you hurt or are you injured? There's a difference. Right obviously right. and, and yeah absolutely right. and, that's and, and if an injury does happen you hope the timing is ideal so like for example remember cole Komet got hurt and he missed like a month missed the, but he missed the first game but he was out a month but the thing is it ha- happened at culver so it happened within right. the first five practices right so even though he had to miss a month he only ended up missing you know the opener against louisville is the only right. game he missed it didn't matter at the time right you know so, you don't want anybody to miss the opener this year but. right but the point is if they miss the <laughs> yeah. opener at least they're that you know that absolutely kind of so. and look you want guys to be out the least amount of time possible right. obviously and so the earlier in fall camp somebody gets hurt the better off it's going to be you hope mm-hmm. it's not a season-ending situation right. etc because look these guys are in camp for a month right like that that's a long time you know to be in camp so something to be expected from a health standpoint, is going to happen. It's a month long of just banging the same heads every day that you've been banging for a month. I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. it's a long time until you get in, into the the uh, the day to day of the team or of the season. Excuse me. So, yeah, something's going to happen. You just hope that it's not serious and they can move on from that. So, mm-hmm. that that's going to be an interesting one, no question about it. We're going to keep our eye on day one. Who's on the bikes? You know, who's off to the side? Who's participating fully? Like that's. You know that's going to yeah. be a big one. There's no question about that. That is one thing. If I was Notre Dame, I would, I would, um, I would like they talk to us and say, "Hey, don't, don't report anything until you know practice is over." Mm-hmm. But I would say, "Hey, look, don't report anything until after the post practice press conference." Right. You know, like just to try to avoid as much of that as possible. Uh, sure. Just so they can not give updates and because sometimes maybe just like, "Hey, look, just needed a day off." You know, yeah. Or whatever exactly. maybe. And and. It happens every year. If a guy's off to the side, you're going to get the overreaction of fans and press for that matter. They're, you know, oh, he's not, you know, so that's going to happen. Uh, You just have to minimize. It's never as bad or really as good as as you think it's going to be in fall camp. That right there. Okay. So your number one is health. Absolutely agree with you. A month of fall camp. (laughs) Health is super important. 
For me, of course, you all, you all, you're always big picture man, and I like that about you. Thanks. I, I I went a little bit more. I narrowed it down a little bit more with my my first one, and you could take this a couple of different directions, and I think we will talk a couple of different ways about this. But mine centers around Al Golden, right? Al sure. Golden is the new defensive coordinator. I wrote down how will El, Al Golden handle the talent at linebacker. There's like linebacker is arguably one of the deepest positions that Notre Dame has. I would say, I think there's an argument to be made there. There's a lot of talent at linebacker. There's a lot of raw talent at linebacker. There's veterans at linebacker. There's guys that are going to be moving positions at linebacker. What is that going to look like? Are we going to see a lot of situational things with linebacker? Are we going to see, you know, three guys, the majority of the time, (laughs) Salty Virginia Peanut says, don't go easy on your guest. Ask the hard, uncomfortable questions. Got it. Uh, But no, from a linebacker situation, I feel really good about the talent level there. Like that's a place where you could sustain an injury. You don't, I I don't want an injury, but you could. We saw last year. Right, exactly. I mean, Maris goes down and J.D. Bertrand steps in and he's their best linebacker. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah. No doubt about it. So what is that going to look like with Al Golden? And then you could expand on that and say, hey, it's a new defensive coordinator. What is that going to look like from a scheme standpoint, from all, you know, philosophy standpoint? We've heard a lot of things about it, but what does it look like from a practical standpoint? I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Like Michael Campbell just said, I have no defensive worries. It's all offense. I understand where you're coming from big picture wise because of what we've seen. But look, anytime you have a new coach, you should always – be quite have a question about it right i mean now golden hasn't called a defense since 2005 i mean you should at least have a question about it right like what's it going to be how how's his teaching style going to relate to the players right, right. you know uh, how is he going to be in regard to saying okay i'm going to look at this guy and and uh, use his talent this way and this guy to use his talent that way and how's his motivational skills how's his ability to yeah. relate his message to his defensive coaches all those things are questions anytime you hire a new coach right and, right and and i have no I have no like I'm confident that those are all going to get checked off. Those boxes are going to get checked off, but until we see it, it should be a question, right? Absolutely. I mean, until we see his interaction, how is he going to use the defense? Is it is it going to be unnecessarily complex that he's coming from an NFL? So that's always my concern when you hire an NFL guy. Sure, sure. Is is it is it is he going to be able to teach? Like Vince, you and I've had this question. You know, you've talked about you know wanting me to be if you ever got a head coaching job to be your offensive coordinator, and I said, look, I. I don't know if I'm capable of teaching at that level. And, sure. and, and I don't mean that is any, any kind of arrogance, quite the opposite, actually. Like I have a great deal of respect for guys who know as much, if not more football than me, but are able to break it down for the high 14 year old. Right. I, I don't know if I could do that. And it takes a skill to do that. It's not just an easy thing to do. And especially when he's been in the NFL for a decent amount of time. So I think all those things are, are legitimate questions to ask. And, and just because something is a question doesn't mean it's, it's, it's not going to be good. It's just like, look, if we're being honest observers, yes, until exactly. we see what it looks like, it has to be a question mark. Right. I mean, that, and that's exactly right. And it's, and it's more, you know, when you say questions, people automatically think, or I shouldn't say people, some people automatically think you're thinking negative, like, the, Oh, I don't know about this. Sure. And, and there is a there is an aspect to that because sure. if it's a question, if it doesn't get answered well, it's going to be a problem. But right. what 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 you're saying, I think, Vince, if I'm correct, is I should have just let you say it, but I apologize. It's okay. Is 
it is we're not saying it's a question as in like it's a I'm concerned that he's not going to do well at it. Right. That's not and it and it's and it's an intrigue for me. Like right. just because something is a question, it's more of like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do this. I wonder what is going to happen. Like it it's 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 an intriguing situation for me. You know what I mean? It just you know, there, there's a couple more that we're going to talk about later, you know, and we're talking about depth chart situations. It's more like, I'm not necessarily worried about the depth chart, but it's more like, oh, okay, I wonder where they see so-and-so in the depth chart. You know what I mean? So it's more of an intrigue as a question than it is like, oh, God, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> you know, there's like, there's a difference. And there have been times where I've gone into practice thinking that way, like, oh, boy, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, there's a lot of people out there that, have that about the kicking game sure. they're like oh gosh I, and that's you know, very I, fair and and i get it yeah. i totally get it you know so there and, that, that and we're not even talking about that because it's no. not a question it's a flat concern it is a concern like it is beyond question but no which I, is I, crazy I get, yeah, I get your but point. yes i i agree with you you know but so and by the way that's not on my list is the kicking game because right. i feel like everybody thinks that anyway <laughs> so that's, there's certain things that are givens and yeah. anyone that watched the spring game knows that's just assumed that's a big question mark until it's proven and, otherwise. And to be honest with you, I don't know that we're going to get an answer to that question until somebody is kicking in the horseshoe. When it matters. Right. Exactly. Because kicking in practice is completely different than kicking Easy in solution. Game. Win every game by 20. Don't even have to worry about it. Just don't. kick an extra points. Yeah, I say 20 because you're going to miss an extra point every game. <laughs> so three touchdowns and there you go. Don't say that. So. Don't say that. All right. So, uh, so we got, I'll health. take it. If you win every game by 20, Well, that's fair, but <laughs> missing an extra point. Oh my God. I've practiced with my kid enough to know that missing an extra point is unforgivable. Yeah. So health is number one. My number one was Al golden and the question marks surrounding him as the new defensive coordinator. And, it, and you throw the whole other wrinkle of the fact that the previous defensive coordinator is still on the staff. Right. So like that, that adds a whole other. I want to, I want to address that because there's a, a comment down there. And, and Michael says, I, I would have questions if you didn't have Marcus Freeman in the building, he's not going to allow any fall off. Here's the thing. It's not that simple. Right. Because Marcus Freeman is not going to be Brian Kelly. He's not going to be in every defensive meeting. He's trying to be the head coach right. of the team. And, and he's actually spending a lot of time offensively. Right. right now. It's kind of like the bowl game. Why didn't Marcus Freeman step in? Because Marcus, We've talked about one reason why. The other reason why is he wasn't in all the game plan meetings. He doesn't have the calls that were all the calls that were made in that regard. Like you can't just step in and say, Oh, give me the call sheet. What, you know, if you haven't been there in every meeting and the install and the checks, he didn't break down Oklahoma state the way he would have. If he was the defensive coordinator, he still broke it down a ton. I'm just saying like, there's just, it's a different type of break. It's a different animal. Yeah, It's just not that simple. Right. But again, we're not saying Al Golden's going to suck. We're saying anyone being objective, and and we're not trying to be fans here. We're trying to be objective analysts. Has to say someone who has not called a, a defense in seventeen years has to at least show me in a, a practice, sure, that he's still got it. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's not an unfair thing to say. No. I think that he will, Agreed. but it's not an unfair thing to say uh, to you know to say that. Sure, no, completely agree with that. So. Al Golden, question marks. Not necessarily bad, but question marks. And I I think that's legit. So bouncing it back to you, I'm going to volley it over to you, Brian. What is the next one on your list? It's quarterback, but I want to be specific with it. Okay. Like one of the things we saw was um, uh, 
looking at the, the the questions earlier, somebody had said when we were they were prepping, people were kind of preparing for the show. Was I don't care about you know t- quarterback. I just want to know when Tyler Buckner is going to be named the starting quarterback. And to me, like that's the least of my concerns. Yeah, that doesn't matter to me. At the all. bigger picture thing for me is I want to know that Tyler Buckner won the starting job, mm-hmm. meaning Drew Pine has a great camp, Steve Angeli has a great camp, and Tyler Buckner's still the starter mm-hmm. because. He's probably going to start regardless. Agreed. The question is, did he did he start because he's just so much more talented than the other players? Or is he starting because he went out there and was like, that's our guy that's going to lead us to a championship. Right. Right. And so it's not so much the question of, is Tyler going to win the starting job? I'm right. fully confident Tyler's going to start to win the starting job. It Number one, then back to the original thing, can he stay healthy? But number two, does Tyler start to tap into that potential? And we talked about it on our show earlier today, Vince. It's it's look, th- there's going to be moments this year where Tyler's going to look brilliant. And there's going to be moments this year where he's going to look like a guy, a first year starter that hasn't, you know, started a full game in three sure, years. Sure. Right. It, it, the question is, is which one do we see more? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that I want to see in fall camp is that Tyler looks more and more and more consistently like the guy we think he can be. And and that was the thing that hurt Brandon Wimbush in 2017 and in 2018. Is there were times when Brandon was like, wow, that's the guy that I remember. Right. You know, uh, then there's the other side of it where it's like, man, that kid can't complete a look screen. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like, no, absolutely. The, like the Stanford game, you're, you're, you know, it's like you, you lose the fourth quarter, right? You lose the lead in the fourth quarter. It's like there's a play, if you remember correctly, Stanford was in a cover one and they had – a cornerback like 10 yards off the ball, Kevin Stefferson. And they threw a little now screen. I call it look screen. They, they now it's screen right away. Whatever. It's right away. Just and turn if and Kevin throw. catches it, he's got one cornerback who couldn't tackle out there by himself. And if he makes that guy miss, it's a touchdown. Right. And Brandon short hops it. Short hopped it. And it's just like, you know, man, oh man. You know, it's like, now I think that was coaching and there's a lot of things that went sure. into that. But the point is, Sometimes he looked like a million bucks. Sometimes he struggled to do the simple things. Right. We're going to see some of that from Tyler this year. The question is, is how little of the one side are we going to see and how frequently are we going to see the other aspect of it? That's, that's yeah, I, I agree with you. And because, you know, we've talked about it a bunch over the years that Notre Dame <clears throat> is a championship level quarterback away from being elite. Right. I mean, that that's the bottom line. And, Notre Dame doesn't need another quarterback. And I'm just throwing this out as an example, like in 2012. Granted, true freshman, I get all that. But Everett Golson was just kind of a rider on the bus. He wasn't leading it. He wasn't He wasn't the guy driving the bus, right? right? And that, I know whose mouth that came out of, but it's still a fact. It was true. It's still true. It was true. Yeah, right. That's not what Notre Dame needs. They don't need Tyler Buckner to be just another guy. He needs to be a leader. He needs to be, he needs to drive the bus. A little yeah. bit. He needs to be able to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. He needs to make those right See, calls. That's the key yeah. for me. And I, I'm not saying he needs to put the whole team on his back. Yeah, See, not saying like, that. I need. Go ahead. You're, it, you're, it, you're, you're going to say it better than me. I know you will. No, no, no. Because I'm actually somewhat disagree with you a little bit. Oh, okay. I understand what you're saying. I <laughs> and, and and how you're saying it, I I understand. He can't just be a guy. He can't just right. like hand the ball off and. But but I I. I think that because Brian Kelly was never great with words, in my opinion, <laughs> I actually think that Everett was not driving the bus 
The defense drove the bus. Absolutely. The run game drove the bus. But Everett was a playmaker, and they needed him to be a playmaker. Now, sure. again, early in the season, not as much. In the Michigan game, he wasn't a playmaker. If Tommy Reese doesn't come off the bench in that, they, they may not win that game, right? Sure. There was other times where he was, you know, kind of evol- growing and evolving as a quarterback. But I don't know if they beat Oklahoma without Everett Golson. Now, the Stanford game, you know, he can't, he got knocked out. They were, you know, it's 13-13, I think, when he got knocked out. But he made some plays in that game where it's like they're not in that game. If, you know, that that pass he threw to Tyler Eifert was still one of the best passes the quarterback made in the Brian Kelly era, you know. So, uh, you know, that was a big one for me. You look at some of the scrambles he made, some of the third down runs he made against Oklahoma. Like, he made plays, the big bomb that he threw. You know, Oklahoma just now ties the game. I mean, your that defense has huge. dominated Oklahoma. They just huge. now tie the game. It's like the first – rushing touchdown the Notre Dame defense had allowed all season yep. if I remember correctly yeah yeah and how do they respond two plays later ever come I think it was two plays later uh, ever comes back with a play action bomb to Chris Brown right like yep. to me so to me like Tyler has to be better than whatever it was but the principle still stands that they don't need Tyler Buckner to be Bryce Young they what Bryce was last year they don't need Tyler Buckner right. to be what CJ Stroud was last year where he's the runner-up or first be great if he was that's phenomenal. It'd be great. But the defense is going to be good enough. Yeah. The line should be good enough. And the town around him should be good enough to where he can, a lot of times, just manage it. Get the sure. ball where it needs to go. But there's going to come in the big games right. where Tyler's going to have to do something on four or five plays where it's like, okay, that's that dude. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's the difference between – 12 and 0 and getting worked when you get to the postseason, mm-hmm. or 11 and 1, 12 and 0, and you get to the postseason, and people are like, I do not want to face Notre Dame. Right, right. That's the difference. He's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to make plays to his ability, right? Whether it's with his legs, whether it's with his arm. Because look, what are defensive coordinators going to do to Tyler Buckner right off the bat? They're going to load the box. They're, they've seen his running ability on film last year. They're going to load the box and say, look, this kid's got to beat us with his arm. He's got to beat us with his arm. I personally think he can do it. You think that he can do it. He's got to prove it. He's got to show it, right? And I think we're going to get a glimpse of that during fall camp because – and we've already gotten a glimpse of it, to be honest with you. I I feel like I've seen him do a lot of that already. In games. Yes. In games. Absolutely. And in practice, both. Can I say something, Vince, on this? No. Can we be real about something? I'm just going to ignore you said that. (laughs) That's such payback. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say that to Vince all the time. <laughs> it's well played, man. Thank you. Um, this is something I think a lot some some Notre Dame fans don't get. Yeah. If Tyler Buckner is nothing more than a game manager, Notre Dame is ten and two this year. Mm-hmm. I agree at with that. Worse, maybe eleven and one. Yeah, I agree with at that too. Worse. But if he's just a game manager, same thing's going to happen in the postseason. It won't be the blowouts but they'll lose. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the reality of it. That's why I say is like, they don't need Tyler Buckner to put the team on his shoulders week after week, after week, after week. They need him to, they don't even need him to put the team on his shoulders against Ohio state. Although it would be nice. It'd be great. They just need him to manage that game, but then add some spice on to it. Same thing with Clemson. You don't need to, throw for 400 yards and rush for a hundred to beat Clemson. You just need to not turn the ball over. And the four or five times a game where you got to make that play, even if it's something as simple as they're going to go eight in the box and leave Braden Lindsay one-on-one 
and you got to read it and bang it. Right. right. I mean, exactly. that's the reality of it. You got to throw it with confidence. Right. You, you can't, you can't wait. You got to throw it with confidence. It's like man. Trevor Lawrence against Notre Dame in 2018. Trevor did not play well that game. No from snap start to finish. Right. Why? Cause that defense in Notre Dame harassed him. There was he made a few four plays. Or five times in yes, that game he... where he got a chance and he, they needed him to make a play. And, and almost every time he did. Right. And that's the difference between what the Notre Dame offense was that game and what the Clemson was yes. offense that game. It's a quarterback. And that's back to your original point that, that we got. Yeah. To, so. He, he has what. to be, he has to make plays when his number is called. Right. He has to. Right. And that'll be the difference between Tyler Buckner and quarterbacks that have been at Notre Dame previous to him. You know what I mean? That that's going to be the difference. He has to make the plays when his number is called. And if he can do that, then it's going to make everybody else around him better. Everybody else, right? Because I think we can all agree or we all believe that Notre Dame has a defense that can get them to the the, the quote unquote mm-hmm. the promised land. We'll call that the playoff right. right now. They have the defense to do that. They've had the defense to do that because right, that's why they've been numerous there times. Absolutely, <laughs> right. no question. But they haven't had the offense. The, and in the last ten years, Vince Notre Dame has played for a national championship three times. Correct. Three times Notre Dame has been on the stage where win and you can be a champion. Correct. Three times. And they've scored 14 points, three points, and 14 points. And two of those 31 total points, two of the touchdowns of those 31 total, were garbage touchdowns. Right. And the game was over. You know, so, yeah, the defense has gotten you there. And this is what we right. I've said for, for several years now. The defense will get you to the show. Yes. To win a title, you've yep. got to be able to score. Yep. And Absolutely. Yeah, you, you just the reality. That's just the reality of it. Yep, and they've got the twelve only, games to practice. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's right. You, they've got to score, man. That's right. And there's no magic. Look, and I know people have asked this before. There's no magic points per game number per se. You know, somewhere in the I don't know what thirty-seven to forty-ish, right. thirty-eight to forty-two is kind of. But, yeah. but again, but it can't be. You scored sixty-nine against UNLV, and you scored you know, 11 against Ohio state that gets right. you to 40 a game. Right. Right. I mean, right. but you're not right. That's, it, that's can't, it can't be that. I agree with you. Right. And there's, there's going to be plenty of games on Notre Dame schedules where they can pad the offensive stats. There's no, there's no right. doubt about it. And so we're going to learn a lot, not only in camp, that's what the show is about, but also in game one, no doubt about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I believe we are jettisoning back to me uh, on the ping pong table here. So I am going to go, yeah, right. I am going to go with the secondary. And Brian and I, you and I, you and I discussed this a little bit prior to coming on the show. Well, I had you, some, you, you just took my three as well. So well, I, and that's fine because yeah. we're you know where we're at, yeah. and we both want to talk about it. So yeah. I, I I stole it from you completely. Yeah. Uh, You're but, the host. <laughs> this is your show, man. Totally pulled it right out from under you. Um, I don't like being on this side. Hold on a second, everybody. Yeah, I think All right, let's get this back. I don't like this. 
<laughs> but I think, and people in the chat have also uh, discussed the fact that that the secondary is a, is a question mark, and I agree with them. Look, mm-hmm. there's two guys in the secondary that I have full confidence in right now, and that's that's at safety, and that's that's Joseph, and it's Cam Hart at corner. Like I, I have full faith in those two, right? But you need more than two to be a good secondary, and mm-hmm. so the question marks are. Who's going to be that number two safety, but also what is the rotation going to look like? Cause they're never just going to play two safeties, right? Who's going to nail down the second corner position. Who's going to be nickel. I think those are questions that are legitimate. I think I could probably take a fairly good stab at the cornerback one. I know who I, I think I want the other safety to be, but I'm not exactly sure who it's going to end up being because I haven't heard, I don't have the same sources that Brian does, so I'm not sure what it, that looks like at the moment. But there's a lot of question marks in the secondary right now. I think there's talent there. I, I think there's a, a lot of talent there, but it's unproven talent. And so what is that going to look like? I think that's a massive question going into camp. I mean, defensively, that could be the difference between this being a really – look, this is going to be a really good defense. Agreed. Will it be a great defense? Much much greater question. Yeah. And the, to me, the secondary is is going to be a big part of that. If you're if you're a smart offensive coach, there are things you can do to negate a great pass rush. If the team's secondary is not good, sure, <clears throat> I can move the pocket. I can go quick game. I can RPO. I can play action max with Max Pro. Uh, I can effectively use the quick game. I can use flood concepts. There's a lot of things I can do to you if your secondary is not good, mm-hmm. that will allow me to negate your pass rush. I don't care how good your pass rush is. And you want another example? I'm gonna, Again, I'll point to the 2018 Clemson game. They harassed Trevor Lawrence all game long. He still threw 300 yards and, you know, three touchdowns, and they won 30-3. to three. Another example is the, is the Rose Bowl two years ago. Notre Dame actually got pretty decent pressure on Mac Jones. They just, number one, they couldn't bring him down. Right. But then they just started saying, okay, let's get the ball out in space. And Notre Dame's guys aren't athletic enough to tackle Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and those kind of guys. And we're just better than they are. So sure. they, they still can't stop us. I mean, Alabama, after 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 Kyle Hamilton almost picked off – you can go back and look at this. After Kyle Hamilton almost picked off Mac Jones early in the game, Alabama did not attempt another yeah. pass, not one single pass beyond 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. Not right, one. right. But why were they effective? Because they just got in space. And so it, 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 that's what we're talking about. Like, you, here's the deal Clarence Lewis is 20, Notre Dame is 21 and four in games that Clarence Lewis has played in, right? And no losses are to a playoff, uh, let's see, two playoff teams and the team that won the Fiesta Bowl, the Big 12 champion, Oklahoma State's Cowboys. Those are the only teams that Notre Dame has lost to with Clarence Lewis. Notre Dame is not going to be eight and four this year because of the secondary. Agreed. Right. And this is what, this is what still kills me about people like, oh, eight and four. And why? Well, inexperienced quarterback. I'm like, well, some of Notre Dame, most of Notre Dame's best seasons were with, I mean, think about it. Notre Dame's three best seasons, in my opinion, under Brian Kelly, all were with first year starters or quarterback. You had Everett Golson in 2012. Deshaun Kaiser in 2015, and even Malik was really a first time. The only game Malik had started before the, the Texas game. game was the bowl game. That's he didn't it. even throw for 100 yards in that game. Right, right. And, and he didn't play the whole game because Everett was coming in. They were rotating in that game. And then Deshaun comes in as a redshirt freshman, then I would argue 2018 with Ian Book. 
Right. Uh, and he was or, a mid-year starter. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even start the season as a starting right. quarterback. Right. So it's not that. Well, secondary. Well, they, the secondary's aren't going to be worse than it was last year. No. And they went 11-2, and two, right? So I just point out, like, this team is not going to go 8-4 and four this year. It's just – I just don't see it happening. So we need to kind of get that that out of our mindset. That, that's And that's not even BK PTSD. That's 30 years of PTSD. Because BK, as bad as I think he was last few years, their worst season was, what, 10 and 3? Worst record season. And then there was two years, and I'd say two of Notre Dame's last three teams were not that good. I don't think the 2019 team was that good. I don't think the 2021 team was that good. But they both went 11 and 2. Why? Because they still have way better players than just about everybody they're going to play. Sure. Clarence Lewis is going to be a lot better than most of the guys he's going to go up against this year. The question is now is are they going to be good enough to beat Ohio State? Are they going to be good enough to beat Clemson and USC? Those are the question marks that I have. And the secondary stepping up along with Buckner really taking hold of the quarterback could be the difference between 10 and 2 where you lose to two of those three teams or even maybe you upset one of them sure. but then drop a game to Boston College, something like that, right? Right, right. And, and, and you being out going out there where you give Ohio State everything that they can handle and either lose close or win and then go beat everybody else. It's going to be the secondary and it's going to be, you know, either Clarence Lewis, that battle, does he does he improve or does somebody beat him out? Uh, who steps up as the number 2 safety? Are they going to be better tacklers? Please, for the love of God, be better tacklers yeah. this year. Yeah, exactly. Are they going to limit the big the big play mistakes that they made last year? Those are all the big question marks I have. And and you know, if they it, here's the here's the interesting thing: if they have a good camp, the question is going to be: okay, are they better, or are the receivers just not very good? That's the thing I hate about camp. That's legit. You know, it, it, it is is so that's going to be an interesting thing. But once we I want to hear that people are and this is something I've actually heard from sources. I have heard from multiple people, not coaches, that people are are not people are are not giving enough respect to the secondary. And it's not just because Brandon Joseph, who has been a stud from the moment he started oh, on yeah. this campus. Oh yeah. It's it's Clarence Lewis has gotten better. The young guys are pushing him. They love the freshmen. I mean, the freshmen. They do. Class, they Mickey, love Dick, Mickey, Mickey yeah. and Benjamin Morrison. Yep, yep. And they think Clarence, uh, Cam Hart's going to be a star. So we'll see if that's true or not. I'm just repeating what I'm being told. I I, I, I couldn't tell you. But I, I, I really believe that people are too down on what the secondary was simply because of the bowl game. And with all due respect, there were far in there were far better offenses than Oklahoma State that did not do to Notre Dame what Oklahoma State did. It was a bad game. Bad game, yeah. Just like Ohio State giving up forty five points to Utah. Right. It's a bad game. It's a bowl game. I don't care. You know. So, but but the question is, Vince, is how good are they going to be? Right. I don't Absolutely. know the answer to that. Right. And, and that's and that's the you know I don't they're going to be good enough to beat Cal and Marshall and UNLV and Stanford oh, and Syracuse. Are they going to be good enough to beat Ohio State, Clemson, and USC? That's that's the bigger question mark. Absolutely. Yeah, and and look, a pass rush can do a lot of things to negate a second a bad sure. secondary. And I'm I'm not saying that Notre Dame has a bad secondary. I want people to understand that. The pass rush though, <clears throat> and I also think because of the way that I believe Notre Dame's offense is going to play. Okay, we just got done talking about the fact that you have to score and you have to do all these things. I think Notre Dame is going to be able to score points this year. Okay, mm-hmm. 
that means that the other team is going to be in we got to score mode mm-hmm. and they're going to be throwing the football a lot and so i think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the secondary how do they handle that you know what i mean i, I think there's going to be a lot of must throw opportunities early on in games by a lot of teams where we're going to see what the secondary is made of I, I really do believe that now again the pass rush can help with that no doubt about it but the tackling i think is a is a big one that that's a really really big one not just past defense, but also coming downhill, tackling in space. It wasn't good last year. And right. it wasn't just the secondary either. Right. There were but a they lot were of, worse at it. They were worse right. at it. I agree with you. But there was a lot of missed opportunities in the open field. That has to get better. There's no doubt about that. So what? how do they practice to get that better? That's a question right. going in, right? So that's a kind of a periphery one. So right. it, it's going to be – interesting to see what the secondary looks like when they get out of camp and i'm also interested to see if similar to the quarterback question brian is tyler buckner the the quarterback because he just is or is he the quarterback because he was better than other guys that also had a really good camp same thing applies at corner yeah is clarence starting because He's, he's just got the most veteran. experience and right. he's just there. Or is or he, he starting get, because yeah. that dude had got better this offseason? And I think that's a legitimate question. And I'm really, from everything that we're hearing, the talent level has increased. The mm-hmm. The play has increased. And I believe that whoever wins that job, whether it's Clarence Lewis or somebody else, they earned it. And they are playing really good football. But we'll have to wait and see. So that that's going to be very interesting for me. I have a new number three. Oh, yes. I knew you would. Question that I have for fall camp. Okay. Will anyone get beat out or will we he- be hearing the potential of someone established being beat out? Mm. That is always something that tells me a lot about a football program. Not so much a team, but a program. Yeah. And we often didn't hear about that under Kelly. And and we chatted a little bit about this earlier today. You have to be given an opportunity as a young guy or a non-starter yeah. to, to, to start. Point. Not everyone is given it. You have to earn that opportunity. No, I have to be given an opportunity. Then it's my job to take advantage of that opportunity yes. and go win a job. Right. And we didn't see that a lot. And if Marcus Freeman's competition thing is real, then we're going to hear about that in fall camp. So, and it's not just starting jobs. It could be, you know, your number two, three technique gets beat out by some young guy. You know, your nickel back gets beat sure. out. Your second string running back gets beat. I'm just, I'm not saying those, I mean, people are all to make three. I'm just in general, <laughs> right? Right. right. It, it, those are things that you look for. But then also some starters, you know, like, yeah. hey, you didn't have, like last year, Shane Simon, right, with Marcus Freeman. Shane Simon kept getting trotted out by Clark Lee in 2020 for some reason that I still don't to this day don't that was understand. Hard. That cat lost his job within a week of fall camp last year because Marcus Freeman was like, no, I don't care if you started last year. You're not getting the job done. I mean, he was third string so, when yes. we were watching practice. Yes. So I, I want to see things that those are things that I want to see uh, from this team this year is, are we going to hear some of that? And if not, why? Is it because this team is – these starters, these guys are really good? Yeah. Or is it because there's just not competition? Or is it younger guys and other guys aren't stepping up? So that right. is another question for me is are, are we going to are we going to see guys push other players? Yeah, that's good. For roles. That 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 tells me that that is something that, that makes me feel confident in the health of a program. And some people may not look at it that way, and the guys that are maybe getting beat out may not look at it that way. 
But as a coach, you you want your decisions to be harder. You want starting decisions to be harder because of how well other people are playing, not because who you starting. <laughs> I don't know why, because none of these kids can play. <laughs> Being like, <laughs> I've been there. Like. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> no, what I mean, that's I, like. I have seen that before. <laughs> it's like, who's your third receiver? Me? I may go throw some pads on or something. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, – I had that thought too. Yeah, I mean, so um, – it, that's that's where you want to be. So I, that, yeah. that's my third question is, are we going to hear some of that stuff coming out of fall camp? I think that's really good because in the past, and I want to preface what I'm about to say with, there is a certain amount of that you have to do with what I'm about to say. But too often, in my opinion, under Kelly, they would take the younger guys and literally put them on a different field for like the entire practice to go over stuff. Now there is a bit of that that needs to be, that needs to happen because they don't, there's guys are brand new there. There's stuff that they don't know and you got to go over some stuff, but there's also part of that. A part of me wants those guys to see what's going on with the other guys to understand. This is how we practice. This is how we do certain things. And Hey, Hey, get in there. Let's see what you got, you know, get an opportunity as opposed to hey, freshman first year guys, just you guys go over to that field, kind of do your thing for a while and you guys can come back up and we're done with practice. Like there was too much of that in my opinion going on. Like when we were at Culver, for example, remember they would put them on the field, like behind the stands while the, the, the varsity was. Or do do you remember the one time with Terry Joseph where it was like the second day of camp and he's got, Derek, Derek Allen, Houston Griffith, it's like three, like these young guys, and they're just it was nineteen, and they're just standing there, yeah, holding bags while he's coaching other guys, right? And it's just like you can't hear that, but I don't think we're going to be there, and you're, I think you're going to have a yeah, an interesting exactly. show about that here uh, this mm. week, maybe mm. a topic of conversation that you'll mm. have with somebody else later this week. We'll yeah, see. maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see. So, but yeah, I, I'm I don't think that that will happen, and I don't like that to happen as a coach. Right. And I, I, I've coached high school. Right. I love it when the young guys come in and they're like, whatever, I got this, yeah, you know, that's and such great motivation for oh. your veterans. Oh, you don't want to practice too hot for you today. Okay, cool. You know, Tobias, get in there. Yeah. Run a post route. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, do you see that buddy? Like that's what we need right there, mm-hmm. you know, and that steps up right. everybody else's game. Right. So right. look, these young guys, these freshmen, they're coming into play. They don't want to sit on the sidelines, you know? And so I love the fact that we're hearing so many good things about these first year guys, but that's also because they're getting opportunities and we just did not see enough of that in the past. And I think we're going to see that this year, but it's still a question. And I am excited about what these new guys can do. I I really am. So that's going to be a lot of fun, Brian. And I can't wait a week and a half.
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.